Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big night tonight. You know what tonight is? It's the night I actually used to give a shit about when I was a kid. Actually really cared about it when I was a kid. Okay. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I dialed into all these. No idea what you're talking about. Hockey related. Okay. NHL related. I don't give I don't care one bit now. I don't know if that sounds negative. I hope people don't find that to be negative. I just think I just think it's become such a goddamn joke in how they do it, like the all-star game, that it's everything they do nowadays in the NHL is unwatchable. No offense, but let's just have some fun with this. It's a big night. What is it? Don't look it up. You're on your computer. I have no idea. So it's NHL awards night. Do you have any long shots for winners of awards? I think we can agree that McDavid's winning the heart. McDavid's okay, already so I mean, it, he's going to McDavid's win. McDavid's winning wins. the heart. You know, you have Connor McDavid, Pasternak, and and Matthew Chuck. You know, Pasternak scored sixty snipes this year. Was insane. Uh, Matthew Chuck was superhuman for his hockey team. But I mean, Connor McDavid did something that only five other players in the NHL has done, and that's have over 150 points. And I mean, he's got that thing locked down. Would you agree? I mean, you just pick McDavid and you move on, right? He's the face of the he's the face of the entire NHL right now. So, and I'll be honest with you, they're going to save that award. I, I'm going to guess how this all goes. They're probably going to save that for the end. Yeah, but in all reality, just give it at the start. Just do the heart trophy. Don't save for the dramatics. We already know. Get yeah. the heart trophy out of the way. Boom. I. You know why they won't? Because they're going to want people to stick around. Well, they're going to want people to watch. Once you once you find out the first couple, then I mean, yeah, people are just going to shut it off. Like, but don't we already know? know? Like we we already know who's going to win. Probably. Well, let's let's go over them. Let's go over the awards. Maurice Richard, McDavid, Jennings Trophy, Allmark, and Swayman. There's a conversation. I wonder what they're going to do in net. Because I think Swayman's up for a contract, isn't he? Um, Art Ross, Connor McDavid. Then you get in, we'll start with the Selkie Trophy. This is how this page that I'm on has it. So your Selkie Trophy is Mitch Marner, Nico Heischer, Patrice Bergeron. 
Doesn't Bergeron already have the record for most Selkies at five, maybe? He does. Is it five? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, he'll probably win. I think the other guys had uh, had great, great years. There's there's no question. Um, for me, I just think that, uh, you know, Mitch Marner, it wouldn't exactly, I don't know why he's even, he had 99 points last year. Are we are we looking at Mitch Marner as one of the best defensive play, uh, uh, players in the game? Am I missing something? I I don't know how I can understand I, Nico Heischer. Can understand. I'd like you to know, see Heischer win. I think he deserves to win. I think he's a massive piece. He's the Bergeron piece to even what made the Devils so successful this year. Yeah, he had he, you know he had a he had a strong season, but. You know, before we even get to Bergeron, like getting back to Mitch Marner, it's not too often that you would pick a winger to be your Selka Trophy uh, winner. Would you agree? The uh, best, the, the I, best I, defensive I, players in the game are guys that are centermen's that track 200, 200 feet of ice. They're in the offensive zone and they're in the defensive zone with the defenseman, you know, shutting down the other team's top lines. Like Mitch Marner is a right winger. Like, I, I don't well, get I'll it. I'll say this. I'll say this about Mitch Marner. Kills penalties. Blocks shots, works his ass off. Okay, well, I you just I mean, so, you just so, named, I mean, he just named two hundred wingers. Now remember, in, in the hold NHL. on, hold on for a second. You got to remember something though. The media votes on this. What a joke! I, 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 I don't. Is it? I don't know if that's for sure. If it's the media, I mean, I'm sure we understand that that the there's a a vast majority of hockey media comes out of Toronto. I'm so I I'm not exactly sure how the awards work. Again, I I, I don't really care because I, I just I think it's all it's not always right anyway. Like am I wrong in saying that? Am I wrong in saying what in God's name is Mitch Marner doing on a sulky trophy ballot? He doesn't even play center. He's not even down playing against the best forwards in the NHL, which is where they're most dangerous is you know, in the offensive zone, down low, cycling, scoring opportunity. You got Mitch Marner stands up near his D. I, I I don't understand how a winger, and it's just my just just my thought. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people losing their marbles, but typically so NHL general all of the guys and a panel of league executives and print and broadcast media vote on the this on the awards okay so so going back 2002 patrice bergeron won he was the winner barkoff in 2001 center couturier 2000 center ryan o'reilly 2019 ans kopitar 2018 bergeron 2017 kopitar, kopitar 2016 bergeron 2015 and 2014, Jonathan Taves, Centerman, 2013, Bergeron, 2012, Ryan Kessler, 2011, Center, Pavel Datsuk, 2010, 2009, 2008, Center, Rod Brendamore, 2007, 8, 
center. You get where I'm going with this? No, I'll keep going. For Straper. What, what position was Yuri Leighton Right winger. Right winger. So you have Mike Pekka, 2002, Madden, 2001, Steve Eiserman, 2000, Yari Lettinen in 2000 or in 99, 98. So he won it three times. He's the only winger that has won. Doug Gilmore, Guy Carboneau, uh, Dirk Grant since 1991. Since 1991. So 30, 32 years. Yari Lettinen from the Dallas Stars, is the only winger to win, and he won it three times. Every other player is a center. So Mitch Marner, sorry, has zero, and I mean it should be zero chance because when I think of Mitch Marner and I think of Yari Lettinen, they are not the same player. Yari Lettinen's job was to shut down other teams' top players. He was a fixture on a top line, shutting down other teams' top this players. Is what I, I mean. don't think of I this don't is, think of Mitch Marner as I a mean. defender. This is where the NHL needs to cut the ties with all the fucking stupid history of the game that just is irrelevant and change the awards. Hart Trophy can be your MVP. Fine. Then you still have the Ted Lindsay. Fine. The Selkie Trophy should be called Best Centerman. You should have a Best Right Winger and a Best Left Winger or just a Best Winger award. The Norris Trophy isn't the Best Defenseman because let's just skip to that right now. Eric Carlson's going to win it. Is he the Best Defenseman? Absolutely not. He's the Best Offensive Defenseman. Best Offensive Defenseman. And he will win because we have not seen a defenseman score 100 points in the NHL in exactly 30 years. So he will win. Does he deserve to win? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Zero. Does he deserve to win an award for being the highest scoring defenseman in the league? Absolutely. So either, and this is, we've had this conversation several times and I don't want to have it again. There needs to be two separate awards. There needs to be the best defensive defenseman award and it needs to be voted on by the players. This is where the I run into the issue. The, so the Selkie Trophy. It's just for fucking centermen. So, next point. Well, the sorry. Selkie Trophy I don't have a problem with. Okay. It's the best defensive forward in the NHL. Now, here's the thing. The last 32 years, 33 years, every 30 of them, 30 have gone to centermen, which, which is who it should be going to because they're the ones who are tracking 200 feet of ice. So if Mitch Marner made it on there, and this is voted on by NHL general managers, executives, and and print and broadcast media, he as a winger, then he probably deserves to be on there. Okay, so well, let me ask you this: but Why isn't, going, why isn't going, David Pasternak on it? He was plus thirty four, scored sixty one goals and one hundred thirteen points. I, I, serious question: Does he kill penalties? Uh, no. Okay. I, I bet that. that you, okay. You got me, bud. Like, like Mitch Marner, Mitch Marner gets a hundred points a year, but he's also going to be on the ice for you when you're, when you're up by a goal and it's six on five. Okay. Just let me ask this question. Just let me ask you this question. Okay. You're picking one of two of these players, just one of the two. 
can only pick one. If you're picking a team for offense, offense alone, who are you going to pick? Mitch Marner or Braden Point? Who are you taking? You have one choice out of those players. Uh, it's an easy one for me. Is it? Yes. Okay. Do tell. Well, he lives in, he plays in the great state of FLA. Okay. So you're going to pick Braden Point if you're picking a team for offense. Braden Point this year had 51 goals, 95 points in 82 games. Mitch Marner had 30 goals and 99 points. Okay. So you're picking Braden Point for the, the off offensive side of things. So let me ask you the next question. If you're going to pick for the defensive side of things, are you picking Braden Point or are you picking Mitch Marner? Braden Point. <laughs> it's not even close. It's not even, it's close. not even freaking close, man. Braden Point is is a centerman. He's physical, he's fast, he's hard on pucks. He plays the game exactly the way you want it. I think he's one of the best players in the league. He Now, he ended 14th in NHL scoring. He had 95 points this year and 51, goal, and 51 goals. I look at him as a much better defensive player than Mitch Marner. Now, you ask me, ask me, ask me the question. Well, does he kill penalties? Damn right he kills penalties. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. I don't know why Mitch Marner is on this ballot. It's absolutely horseshit. Well, I'll listen. I, I don't disagree, but I also I'm a big Mitch Marner fan, and I, I really like I really like his game. I do. I'm not saying I don't like Mitch Marner's I'm game. Not, I'm not. Any saying player who I'm gets thirty goals and in ninety nine points in this league is a special hockey player. I don't put Mitch Marner in a Selkie Trophy. Um, uh, ballot. I don't understand how how he's on that as as a as a Selkie Trophy ballot. He's a right winger. He's not down in the zone dealing with all of these top end forwards on on a, on a shift by shift basis. His okay. job as a right winger is to you know guard his point man and stand there and be in good position. Uh, so he, anyway, he, he won me on. over a few years ago. They didn't. They were in the playoffs. when he blocked uh, three shots and one penalty kill and just taking absolute missiles. Did, I remember that. I yeah, remember that. Yeah, yeah. I know. And I do. love him. I love it. I love him for that too. When you have a superstar hockey player that's blocking shots and that's in eating pucks, that that really resonates to your to your hockey team. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I would. I I love that. I love his attitude. I love his swagger. I. I re- yeah. I'm a big fan of Mitch Marner. Um, Still looks like he's like 17 that he could be he'll drafted have that in this forever. year's draft. He'll have it's that. Crazy. He's going to have that. He's like a Danny B in that that regard. Yeah. So okay. So let's agree. It's going to go to Bergeron. I think you have to. Like I mean, they had one of the best seasons uh, in the history of the NHL, and he was a huge part of that. So yeah. just um, moving on. Second choice is obviously he sure Hart uh, Trophy. Let's move on. There's only, listen, McDavid, Kachuk, those are the top two. And then any anybody you want to throw on there as number three as a as a courtesy 
Hart ballot. Yeah. You most valuable to his team. That's the most important. It's the words of of this. Connor McDavid is the most valuable to his team. Matthew Kachuk is was insanely valuable to his team. Um, Pasternak scored 60 goals and had 114 points or whatever. He was valuable to his, to his team, but not nearly the same as a Connor McDavid or a Matthew Kachuk. So anyway, Connor McDavid is going to win that. He's the face of the league. He's the best player in the league. Moving on. Uh, Calder Trophy, Stuart Skinner, Matty Beneers, Owen Power. Um, it's nice to see Owen Power on there. It's nice that he got that recognition. Yeah, I mean, only, he only had thirty-five points this year. You know what I mean? But it's nice. What do you mean, that what they do you mean only? No, no, what do you mean only? Hold on, jumping man, thirty-five but, points for a defenseman in his in his first year at age twenty is is insanely. Well, impressive. what did Maurice Sider have? Forty something. Tyler um, Myers at forty-seven. His rookie year when he won. Yeah, it. but I mean, so, uh, don't even get me started with the Tyler Myers no, fucking forty-seven stop. points because he looked like shit, man. Stop. He My made point, more mistakes than I don't any get defenseman I don't I've get ever played with. I've All ever I'm played with. He had 35 and they just points. allowed it. They just allowed it. I sat behind the... You You remember that? You remember it was, that's It's nice to thief, know. Man. It's nice to know that they saw the other intangibles in his game other than just the points. Because he could have been bumped off this as well. I mean, there's... I mean, there weren't a ton of choices for the Calder. But I think Matty Beneers has that locked. Because Matty Benier is a good two-way player. I mean, he, like, now there's you know, a guy Stuart that Skinner day. was solid for Edmonton, but he was he was a one A one B. He wasn't he he kind of won the job, right? In in Edmonton and played very well. But I don't see him anywhere near the Calder Trophy um, race. You know, even Owen Powers, like he had a real Owen Power had a really good year this year for the Buffalo Sabres. He, I think his upside is going to be through the roof. I don't think he's anywhere near where he, where his ceiling is. Matty Beneers, he was given a ton of opportunity in Seattle and he took advantage of it in a big way. And he's, he's got some special skill to him. He's going to continue to get better, but I think Matty Beneers won this hands down. Vesna. Is it a Can lock? we agree? Can we just move on from the Norris? The def- best defenseman in the NHL? Got Adam Fox, Kale McCarr, and Eric Carlson. It's going to be given to Eric Carlson. We just need to put a stamp on that and move on. Any defenseman that has 25 goals and 100 and some points, this hasn't happened in 30 years. The last guy to do it was what? Brian Leach in 1993? 92-93. So there... 9293. Well, there there's your there's your James Norris Memorial Trophy winner. Boom, moving on. Do you care about the Lady Bang? Braden Point, Jack Hughes, Ons Kopitar. Most gentlemanly player. Sportsman, gentleman. Do you think Braden Point's gentlemanly? You know how many penalty minutes without looking Braden Point had this year? Oh man. I, by by him being on the Lady Bang I would think it's going to be very low. So I'm I'm gonna go with I'm I'm gonna go with something. I'm gonna say 18 penalty minutes. 18. Less. Oh my lord. 14. Less. Holy jumping. Okay, let's just stop right there. I think Jack Hughes had an un 
believable year. I think Anz Kopitar had an unbelievable Braden year. Point had seven poly minutes. That is absolute. How do you have seven? Did he have a fighting major with that? I don't know, but you can't win most gentlemanly with a five in there, can you? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> did you fuck? stick someone's eye out? <laughs> Any one of these guys are, are, Jack are Hughes, deserving of it. Jack Hughes, six penalty minutes. How the fuck did you play a whole year and get six penalty minutes? Hey, you can't take penalties when you have the puck on your stick the whole time. This is right. This is true. Holy shit! How many penalty minutes do you think Hans Kopitar had? Two. <laughs> how many? Four. You know, that's one's a, a hooking I, and one's I, a trip, and the trip was reaching for the puck. That's crazy. Anyway, all all three of those guys are deserving. They're awesome. I love all, all three of them are amazing. Oh, that's hilarious. I wonder what it would, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like to play. Like that. Hey? Like just to, to play like that. Um Art Norris Vesna. Allmark. I mean how yeah. do you not? Linus Allmark. I mean, he played on one of the best teams in the history. He's like Bergeron. I mean, you have to give the accolade to the goaltender that has like his his save percentage and everything was was insane. So you know, good for him. Jack Adams for coach of the year. Jim Montgomery, Dave Hackstall, Lindy Ruff. I this think is a, this is this is a very it, tough one. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I mean, it's you not. You have to give it to Lindy Ruff. And I don't agree with you all the time, but I am a, and this has nothing to do with Lindy Ruff being from Buffalo or living in Buffalo, coaching in Buffalo. We got coached by him. I believe that Lindy Ruff has done special things with that young hockey team. Now, New Jersey, we talk about Buffalo being one of the youngest teams in the NHL. Well, New Jersey was like the fourth youngest team in the league. And I I I I do think that what he's done with that young team in New Jersey is 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 just incredible. You know, Boston Boston has been a top team for a very, very long time with, with the Pasternak and the Bergeron, the Marchand, the Coyle, and like, you know, the Charlie they McAvoy. They won 50 and, games the year before. It's not like Montgomery stepped in, took a team that won 37 to well, that's 65. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you hit it on the head. Like, Boston last year had 51 wins and 107 points. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, like, Montgomery it's didn't like, take what, over. Like, what did he do? Yeah. Do you remember, Hacks, do you remember Hacks, years ago? Do you remember years ago we were talking about Tampa Bay and John Cooper, um, you know, coached the Tampa Bay Lightning to 128 points? Do you remember what I said about that? Uh, I think you said you could have coached the team to 100. I could have fucking coached the team to 128 points. Are you yeah. kidding me? Well, Hackstall, too. Hackstall did, has done a good job, better job than I expected. Okay, I didn't think he was a good coach in Philly, but maybe Philly was going in the wrong direction at the time. You look at yeah. all the changes that they've made since he left and yeah. 
you know, obviously maybe he wasn't put in the best position to succeed, but he's done a good job in Seattle with, so, so let's look at these two guys players with a mixed group of players. I still don't think either one of those jobs were as tall a task as what Lindy Ruff did with the New Jersey devils in that division and in the Eastern conference, which was the best conference, even though the Vegas Golden Okay, Knights but let's won. let's look at this for a second. Let's give some respect where respect is due. Lindy Ruff coached New Jersey Devils in the 2021-22 season. They ended that year 27 wins, 63 points, okay? They were the fifth worst team in the league that year. Now, Seattle Kraken 27 wins, 60 points, three points less than New Jersey. They were the third worst team in the league. When you look at both of those two men, how many first overall picks does uh, Haskell have on his team? None. He has none. Lindy Ruff has multiple. Okay. You have the New Jersey Devils went to 52 wins this year and 112 points, and Seattle went to 46 wins, 100 points. Both coaches did wonderful things, incredible things. I think that Lindy Ruff's team had more ability to explode with a Nico Heischer, a Jasper Bratt, a Jack Hughes. They were ready to kind of um, move up the ladder because they had these high-end first overall draft picks. For me, I'm giving this Jack Adams trophy to Lindy Ruff. Lindy Ruff. What he did, he he doubled almost his point total. Went from 27 wins to 52. They became the third best team in the NHL. Now, the Boston Bruins did something special, too, with 65 wins. It's the most wins in NHL history. That being said, I think... I think Lindy Ruff, it's going to be very difficult not to give it to Montgomery. With what he did with the team, it's the best season in the history of the game. How do you not give it to Montgomery? For me, I would give it to Lindy Ruff. All right, general manager of the year, Jim Nill, Don Sweeney, Bill Zito. Jim Nill's with Dallas, Don Sweeney's with Boston, and Bill Zito's with the Florida Panthers. For those listening that may not be familiar, with which team each man is with. Um, thought on this one? I think it's a tap in. You know what? I want to give. I would you know probably go. Asking, I would on. probably go Bill Zito. Um, it's going to be. You know, it, it could have been. It, it was Boomer, not Boomer Bust, but it was. It was an insanely. It was the, one of the biggest trades that we've seen in a very long time. He um, traded Bill, for a Hart Trophy nominee who wasn't a Hart Trophy nominee the year before and got to the Stanley Cup final. It's pretty good. He also made some other moves in there. Brought in Sam Reinhardt a couple of years ago. You know, Matthew Kachuk went from being a, a very good player, a very good player, to being on a Hart ballot. 
Sam Reinhardt got brought in two years ago. Sam Bennett got brought in. Um, I really think that, you know, when he brought in a guy like Nick Cousins, who's making $1.1 million, he played an insane role for this team, for Florida. He brought in Eric Stahl. He also brought in his brother, Mark Stahl. I think that those were solidifying uh, solidifying factors and and to to a group that was a, a very strong group but brought in that veteran leadership i think that that went very very well so i mean bill zito's done a nice job here that's not the winner though who is the winner who do you think the winner is don sweeney yes do you think that that's the winner yes why, why do you, do you think ask? it's the winner? Okay. I'm glad you know, you we already asked. had Pasternak. You already had Mar- Marshawn. You already had Taylor Hall. You already had Charlie Coyle. You already had Zaka. You already had DeBrusque. You already yeah. had Bergeron. Okay. Went and traded for Bertuzzi. Managed to sign Bergeron on a ridiculous contract. He brought back. Yeah, but, the, but is that... He, it, hold it, on. Hold on. He brought back for a million dollars, Krejci. He fired the coach after a 51-win season and goes on to win 60-plus. It's a ballsy move. And then lost in the first round. Well? Well, what? He already had the entire team there. David Krejci and signing Patrice Bergeron to two and a half million at the age of 37. That's not, that's not uh, uh, Don Sweeney. Like he's done, uh, you know, he's put a gun to Bergeron's head and no, I mean, this was all collective. Like Bergeron says, yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a pay cut. And David Krejci says the same thing. I'll make a million bucks, right? He's a second line center. He should be making 7 million, but he went and signed for a million. They, they, their thought process collectively has an entire organization and team Broad, was to, to take pay cuts. Off. Brought in, uh, made another deal to bring in Garnet Hathaway. Oh, even uh, I mean, Hampus Lindholm too. Brought Hampus in. Lindholm. I mean, you know, the Linus Allmark deal from a couple years ago is is now starting to pay off. I mean, I think that needs to be noticed. But so, do you do you not feel that there's a just a sinking, empty feeling in Buffalo or in in, in Boston? Sorry. They've traded away all their first rounders. They have no first rounder this year, no second rounder. They have no first rounder in 2024 and no second rounder in 2024. They have no second rounder and fourth rounder in 2025. They're all traded away. They're all traded away. So, you know, you've got, they've got to re-sign Bergeron, re-sign Bertuzzi, re-sign Nick Foligno, re-sign Garnick Hathaway, re-sign David Krejci, re-sign Thomas Nosek, Connor Clifton, Dmitry Orloff. They have to sign Jeremy Schwayman to a restricted, to a, to another contract. There's no H. There's no, it's not in, Shway, Schwayman. Schwayman. It's not Schwing, Schwing. All I know is. Schwayman. It's Schwayman. He, He's in trouble. He's in trouble. Um, all right. So who is it? You're picking Bill Zito? I'm going to pick Lindy Ruff. Oh, uh, um, I'm going to pick Bill Zito. Yes. Bill Zito. Okay. I'm yes. going to go with uh, Don Sweeney. We'll see how that plays out.
All right, Saber, some Saber conversation. Uh, quickly, draft is Wednesday. Do you have a thought on the draft? What are you thinking about the NHL draft for the Sabres? Give me three possible scenarios that happens with number 13, and then I want to ask you if Tyler Toffoli would be a good pickup for the Sabres this offseason. Three things at the draft. Um, number one, the absolute home run grand slam is Mitch Koff falls down the board to number seven, which is the Philadelphia Flyers. The Philadelphia Flyers end up trading the seventh overall pick to Buffalo for the 13th overall pick and some prospects. And we pick the Russian Mitchkov. That would be number one. That's my grand slam home run because if Mitchkov reaches number eight, that's the Washington Capitals, and they will 1,000% be picking him and getting ultimately a first overall pick, second overall pick type player at number eight. So I would want to move to number seven, Philadelphia, and see if we can get something done there. Um, secondly, I'd be really interested, really interested in moving up to get the right-handed defenseman, uh, Ryan, Ryan Backer. Thomas Vanek has spoken about this young man. He says he's insanely talented. He's got an incredible um, uh, size for an NHL defenseman, 6'2", 185 pounds. That is going to be a lot bigger in years to come. He skates well, defends well. He's got offensive talent, and he's a right-handed. I would be moving up to try and get this kid. Because I think he's not going to play in the NHL next year, but in short shortcoming, this young man will be in the NHL and he'll be a very, very good player for years to come. So I would be looking at that right-handed defenseman. The other one is, guess what? If we're picking at 13, I don't care who they pick. If we're picking 13, just go out and pick the best player available. That's it. I don't care about a defenseman, left winger, right winger, forward, goalie. Pick the best player that's available. Done. All right. Pretty basic. But actually, you know, good thoughts on Mitch Cobb. Here's what I would like to see for the Sabres. Whatever happens with 13, it has to result in a defenseman. It has to result in that Reinbacher kid, whether you move up like you suggested. It has to result in the best defenseman available in the draft at that point or trading that pick with either a prospect or something for your right-hand shot defense partner for Owen Power. That would be a grand slam. And if the player isn't there at 13, don't feel jammed up to make the pick. Get out of the pick, slide down, reassess everything, because your, your, your cupboard is stockpiled on forward. You do not need a 13th overall pick at forward. You do not need that a forward at 13th overall. It's the last thing you need in this franchise right now. You, you need the best player available, Andrew. That's what you need. O no, obviously, you, you know I, you need, I feel you know very you need? comfortable. You need to slide down, get out, acquire a, a third rounder, give a team that's, that's a 22-23, the 13th pick moved down because you and I both agree there's not much difference between a 13th overall pick and a 20 through 28 or 32 overall pick. 
Well, listen, I mean, there's like, I'll give you a great example. Okay. If you're picking 13th overall and all these mock drafts and stuff like that, what I'm seeing right now is Matthew Wood is going to be the 13th overall overall pick. Now, this is a kid that plays for UConn. He is the splitting image of Tage Thompson. He's a really big kid, 6'4", 195 pounds, and he's got the same quality as as a um, Tage Thompson to grow into his body. It's going to take some time. So here's the thing. Why pick Matt Wood at 13 when you could drop all the way down to maybe a 16, 17, or 18 and go and quick uh, pick Quentin Musty of, of Buffalo? This kid's an absolute stud, an absolute raging stud. I've seen him play. I've actually had the uh, opportunity to coach him a little bit. Um, this kid is absolutely insane. Big where body. Would you ta- where would you take him? I would take him late teens, early early 20s. So why not just take him at 13? It, 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 it because makes- it's going to the point that you're talking about. Quinn Musty's not going to go at 13. He's going to go at 20, 25. Maybe if he's lucky, Quentin Musty might move into, you know, the, the 17 area. He's, he's ranked right now around well, the, the 20. only thing, the only thing that's unfortunate for, for, for Quentin Musty, as it pertains to me, if, if let's just say it's not the Buffalo Sabres and his hometown team, if it's the LA Kings and I'm the general manager of the LA Kings, and I have the Sabres roster in LA. I'm not picking Quentin Musty. I'm not, I don't need a forward. I do not need a forward in this draft at all in the first round. You know what you get in the top of the draft? We, you know what we you went get? through this when we picked Alex Nylander. The okay, Sabres well. needed a defenseman. They needed a defenseman. You had Sergachev, you had McAvoy on the board. There was another Chikrin was on the board, and you went and drafted Alex Nylander, who eventually turned into a right-hand shot defenseman in Yoki Haru. You can't make that same mistake twice. You have enough forwards in your depth charts to be sure that you get a defenseman somehow with number 13. I don't care how you do it. I don't care. It needs to, it needs to result in a defenseman. Tyler Toffoli. Is he someone you would go and acquire for the Buffalo Sabres? Is he what they need? One th- Listen, I mean, if you're looking at Tyler Toffoli, and I love this idea, love this idea, because I've been saying this forever. Casey Middlestat needs somebody to play with. Tyler Tavole, not only is he a great hockey player, but he's at the perfect age. Do you understand? He's at the age that this team needs players that are going to help a, a Kylik Poso and a Zemgus Gergensen. They need help. Okay. And, and, it's just it's it's having guys like Tyler Toffoli, who's been in the league a long time, who you know is thirty one years old. He's still playing at a high level. He had an unbelievable year last year in Calgary: thirty four goals, seventy three points, plus sixteen. If you could bring Tyler Toffoli in and move out Victor Olafson, 
who scored 27 goals last year that in Calgary, he's going to love to be there because he's going to be given a much bigger opportunity to play. Victor Olofsson is exactly what Calgary needs because they need guys. Victor Olofsson's what, 26 years old? They they have enough guys with uh, that play with piss and vinegar. They need a little more... Offense. They need a Victor Olsen type player. They need a power play specialist, the guy that can shoot the shit out of the puck, that's got great skills. They've got the 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 power and the strength. But I love the idea, love the idea of of picking up a a Tyler Toffoli. But I would make the deal bigger than what you just said. You love the idea of Tyler Toffoli. So do I. I would trade Tyler Toffoli, who's a 31-year-old hockey player, who's got one more year left on his deal at 4.25, and I'd be trading Victor Olsen to Calgary. But I would also be trying to, you know, possibly pick up a much bigger deal. I would be looking at, obviously, trying to get maybe a Mackenzie Weger, who's a right-handed shot, makes 6.25. I think he would be insane playing with Owen Power, like absolutely insane. Or possibly a guy like uh, Noah Hannafin, who who the talk on, on the street is Noah Hannafin is a guy that could be on the trade market. If you has, could get has two a relationship players from with Calgary. Tuck, has a relationship with Tuck, played at BC together. It doesn't matter, but it does matter, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes, I, yes I would. To, don't just say yes to appease me. Say yes because you actually understand what I'm saying. I I 100 percent okay 100 percent agree with what you're saying, and it matters because he has a modified no trade clause. And yeah, it matters so because so no if you're the Calgary Flames, so if you're the Calgary Flames, that you know, I'm hearing that there's Jonathan Huberdo rumors of him possibly wanting out of Calgary. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, you're talking about Tyler Toffoli who have already told Calgary that he is not signing an extension there. Okay. I look at Victor Olison. If we could bring Tyler Toffoli in for Victor Olison and something, that would be a great deal. I think Calgary's getting a player that is going to be put in a situation. I think Victor Olison would get a lot of opportunity in Calgary where he's going to get minimal here in Buffalo. Tyler Toffoli is exactly, exactly what the Sabres need. On top of that, I would try and pluck one of Calgary's defensemen. Okay. I would Mac try Weger, and pluck. Mac Weger, yes. Not just because he's your cousin, but because he's right-hand shot and he played exceptionally well. There you go. I'll toss him out there. With Aaron Ekblad. Okay, I think he would love it here in Buffalo. Um, Tyler Toffoli, I'd love to get in on him too for this team. I don't know about Noah Hannafin. Only reason we have... He's a left-handed shot. We have three left-hand shot defensemen. And I'm fine with the same hand pairing, but not four lefties in your top four. That's what that's that's what you'd be looking at. And I think that's that's a little much. So... That's where I'm at on that. So hopefully it would be nice to see Tyler Toffoli in the opening lineup on October 12th against the New York Rangers at home. Mike Pekka back in town. That's what you broke. You broke that story. You said, I mean, you seem to know the schedule. So 
Sabres yep. opening. Sabres Just opening night. Things. Get your tickets. October October 12th at home versus the, the New York Rangers. Just, just saying. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.